Hello and welcome to episode 87 of the Speaking Club podcast. This week I had to cut the apron strings as I dropped my daughter Izzy off at university. I fully expect her to repurpose them into violin strings as soon as she runs out of money. I started this podcast for two reasons. Because I want to help people recognise the power of stories and humour in speaking and because I believe it's your message that counts, not the number of ums and ahs you use. There are some organisations that want to create robot speakers. They want you to sacrifice your personality in order to speak perfectly. But I want to let you know that you can be yourself and a sensational speaker. So, if you want to be a speaker that connects and engages authentically through stories, a speaker that gives value as well as a great performance, then welcome home. Hey, welcome to the show. So I, I hope you're having a good week. I, it's been a tough week for me. I genuinely did drop my daughter off at university and it's been bittersweet. I were tears. On one hand, you know, I'm mourning her, the passing of her childhood. And on the other hand, you know, she's starting the next phase of her journey. She's done brilliantly. She's at a great university and I know she's going to do fine. But, you know, this journey of me as a mother, if you had a textbook, I am sure that I've made so many mistakes. But I guess my intention always was to focus on what I thought was best for her. Maybe I made the right decisions at times, maybe I made the wrong decisions, but my intention was to be focused on her and getting the outcome of her being a, a nice person and keeping her safe and all of those good things. So if I had been focused, though, on being the perfect mother, according to the textbook, according to people's opinions, um, you know, best practices, whatever, I'm not sure the outcome would be the same. And that's kind of what I want to talk to you about today in relation to speaking, because there are some organisations that will tell you how you need to be to become a perfect speaker, a great speaker. And I want to talk about some of those things today because I don't think they're right. And I think what makes a good speaker, as far as I'm concerned, and my, my logic might be flawed, who knows, but I'm only going to share this in my podcast. I'm going to share with you what I believe and what I've experienced and what I've seen uh, and what I teach. And I think what I'm going to tell you may be different to what a number of organisations will lead you to believe. And this sort of came to mind, and this is the reason that I'm doing the podcast. One of my students on the new course, on the new programme, a few weeks back, was having the Q&A session. She was talking about the fact that she'd done a presentation, but during the presentation, she had been focusing on how many ums and ahs that she'd done and she'd sort of got caught up in that because of her being told at an organization that she went to for public speaking development that that was what she needed to focus on in order to become a great speaker now for me like I'm not gonna organizations are great look any organization that helps you get over anxiety that gives you a chance to practice is good but caveat not all of the things that you're told I believe are helpful and as long as you go along with your eyes open and taking you know being critical and skeptical as I think we should be you know to a degree then that's fine but 
I want to talk about some stuff that I don't think is right. So in that moment, when my student was thinking about the filler words she was using, she was in her head, she was disconnected from the audience, she was not being authentic, she was focused on the wrong things. And, you know, I think there are three big myths that some organisations peddle about what makes a good speaker that I want to cover off today. Now, the first is this one. It's you shouldn't use filler words. Okay, that's your ums, your ahs, your so's, perhaps your no's, whatever, those filler words. The second is you should use perfect grammar. And the third is you should aspire to be the perfect speaker. Now, let's have a look at uh, these in turn. So filler words. I heard another story. Actually, I read another story. It was a blog I read about this lady who'd been plagued by fear of public speaking all her life. It affected her time at college in terms of, you know, getting involved in organisations around her course. It impacted her at work. She wasn't going for jobs and she was petrified of meetings because of this anxiety around public speaking. And one day someone persuaded her to go to an organisation that um, focuses on public speaking. She went to that organisation and she did a sort of off-the-cuff talk for, was supposed to speak for two minutes about a topic that was just thrown at people on the spot. She got applauded for what she did. Everyone got good applause at that organisation, whether they did good, they did bad, whatever. Okay, so she thought, you know, okay, maybe I did okay. And and at the end, someone came up to her and they told her how she'd done. She was informed by a timekeeper that she'd spoken for less than half of the two minutes she'd been allotted. And the grammarian who counted all the ums and ahs in the speech reported that in the 40 seconds that she'd spoken, she'd incurred four ums and two ahs. And she never went back. And in fact, she decided that she wasn't bothered about public speaking and she would just live her life without public speaking. It put her off. And I'm sure she is not the only person that's been put off. But I'm here to tell you there's some upsides to using filler words. First of all, they make you sound more authentic. You know, as my background in comedy, I'm sure I've talked about this before. One of the issues I had was sounding too scripted. I used to learn it. It would put audiences off. It would break the connection. It would make me sound more like an actor than a comic, less natural. Um, Dan Kennedy always tries to make sure he sounds as natural as possible. And he's had quite a few speakers, in inverted commas, coming up to him and telling him that he's making some big mistakes in speaking. And, you know, looking at the results he's got in his life from speaking from the stage, uh, I think that he does very well. But filler words also help your audience process what you're saying. Okay, they give them a bit of space to take it in before you move on to the next point that you're making. And I want to tell you that seven out of the 10 most popular ever TED Talks all have people that use ums and ahs. Ken Robinson uses 15 ums and ahs in the first two minutes and 21 seconds of his talk. He also gets about five laughs which is very important. (laughs) That's more important thing to focus on than ums and ahs. Amy Cuddy uses ums and ahs. Mary Roach uses ums and ahs. James Feach uses ums and ahs. Cameron Russell, Brené Brown, Dan Pink all use ums and ahs in their talk. And yet 
they are the most popular, most downloaded TED Talks of all time, which should let you know that that isn't a criteria for getting your message across. That isn't a criteria for being a sensational speaker. And I've put links in the show notes to all of their talks so you can have a listen for yourself and see that I'm not making it up. So the first myth is that filler words are bad. Yes, I would say if you're using them to distraction, if you cannot make a sentence without saying ah about five times, then yes, but not if it's you gathering your thoughts, giving the audience time to process, being natural and authentic and passionate about your message. Please do not worry about them. They will not impact on your ability to be a sensational speaker. Okay, so unless it's done to distraction is not a problem. Now, the second thing, the grammar thing, that is also not an issue. Again, if you're focused, I suppose if it's a, a big problem, if you're not speaking English, probably if people can't understand you, then that would be an issue. Otherwise, you can abbreviate words. You can make up words if they fit. There can be some humor in that. It doesn't have to be the Queen's English to be an effective presentation or talk or to get your message across. Please don't get hung up on these things which are not important to the outcome that you want. The other thing is this concept of being like a perfect speaker. You get these robot speakers coming out of these organizations that have got, that are overproduced, that are manufactured, that have got these sort of awkward, like gestures that like for every word, there's a gesture. And it's, it's more style over substance and it will turn your audience off. My daughter was watching one of these. She said, oh my God, it's, it's, it really seems fake. And it will come across like that. You know, there's only needs to be a movement if there's a reason. Not every sentence of your talk needs to have some sort of movement. And in fact, some of the movements that I've seen in some of these competitions, just there's no commitment to it. It's not like if you're going to act something out, act it out, make it amusing, make it meaningful, really sort of get into the emotion of the of the movement. Do it properly. Don't just have some sort of half-hearted attempt to tick a box uh, for movement. It's got to be meaningful movement. And the content is really important. When I work with speaking students, we spend so much time getting the message right in a way that's going to land with the audience. And yes, we also spend time working on choreography and big moments and all that good stuff, but it's not one at the expense of the other. And so I really think don't just gesture for the sake of it. It's got to be meaningful and don't become a robot. Often you find that the people that do these talks in this sort of fake competition context, when they do get out into the real world with a live audience that's not invested in that sort of way of thinking, the results are very different. So just be careful of that as well. There's lots of good stuff about these organizations. I'm not saying it's all bad. I'm just saying be careful because some of it is getting people into bad habits is making uh, them have an unrealistic expectation of how people are going to react to these sort of fake gestures and stuff. And just, yeah, be careful. Having said what I believe are three myths about being the perfect speaker, about filler words, about grammar and so on, I want to talk about what I believe are the three secrets to achieving 
my definition, this is my definition of public speaking success. It might not resonate with you. It may not resonate with other organisations and other speaking coaches. This is what I've seen. This is what I believe. And this is what I teach. My three secrets to achieving public speaking success are, first of all, that you've got to understand your audience and where they are in relation to your message. It all starts with your audience. You have to put the work in to think about them, where they are, what objections they might have and where you've got to get them to in order to successfully get your message across. The second secret is that you need to invest the time and energy to create a talk that shares what they need to hear in the way they need to hear it to believe in your message. Okay, your your job is to get them to believe in your message. Whether that's a book, an idea, a product, a service, a concept, a framework, you're solving a problem. Your message is showing them how to solve that. The first secret is understanding where they are in relation to that problem and how you solve it. And the second is investing the time and energy to share what they need to hear in the right way. The last secret, and I have talked about this on the podcast before, because I fell into the trap of it in my comedy. I've mentioned it before. You've got to let go of perfection and detaching your self-worth and identity from the outcome. You know, if you're on stage thinking about the results and the applause that you want to get and all of that stuff, then you're not going to be focused on sharing your message in a way that connects. You're not going to be present in that moment, delivering the message in the way that it needs to for the audience you've got. And that's also why we need to let go of this idea of being the perfect speaker, because you have different audiences and you need to adapt your style for the audience that you've got in order to get the message across. And if you're stuck in this sort of robot way of speaking, you will not be able to do that. Okay, so you've got to let go. And it is also about, you know, you're going to have bad talks, you can have great talks, you know, I have bad comedy gigs and great comedy gigs. And I used to my self-worth and identity used to be tied up with how well I did. And that just leads to misery. You have an intention, you prepare, you practice, you rehearse, you do the best that you can, but you have to let go of the results and just do the best and what will be will be. And you need to trust, you know, when you get to a certain point, you can only rehearse so much. And this is why I say don't learn by memory. You have to trust that the right words will come in the way that they need to for the audience that you've got in order to land that message in the right way for them. Okay, so the third secret is letting go of perfection, detaching your self-worth and identity from the result. Do your best before, prepare before, give 150% on stage of energy and performance and authenticity and passion, but the result, the applause is not the thing that is important and it doesn't mean that you're good bad or whatever okay so I hope that makes sense and I have some questions for you all right are you willing to invest in making your message count are you willing to put the work in to do the prep to make sure that your message counts that it gets across if you are that is amazing and also what's more important to you is it applause fake applause you know there's there's many people that stay in those organizations never do a talk outside when I teach comedy my first my students do their first showcase to an audience of friends and family that's a lovely warm audience and that's the way it should be you know do your first talk there but don't stay there 
You know, the real world is different. You only grow if you leave and, and get some real exposure to audiences that you want to reach with your message. You know, they're going to be different. So don't get stuck there. So what's more important, applause or impact? You need to think about that. And for me, the thing is, to be successful in speaking, we need to change it from being about me to about our message. I hope I've drummed that in enough. Speakers with a message mindset care more about the message than what the audience thinks of them. They take risks to try new things that increase the chances of growth and impact, and they're not afraid to be vulnerable and fully self-expressed. Cool. Now, if any of what I've said has resonated with you today, I hope it helps you and I hope it helps you stop worrying about things that aren't important. Um, But if you do have a talk coming up or you want to develop a new skill, storytelling, humor or performance skills um, that will help you land your message with impact or you just want to develop your public speaking confidence and you like what I've just said and the way that I teach, then I want to let you know that the Story-Led Speaking program is opening up again and it will be open tomorrow. And you'll not only develop your speaking, but I'll be guiding you step by step to develop that powerful talk and the skills to be able to do that every time. And a talk that you can flex from 20 minutes, networking spot to a full keynote speech. So yeah, the doors will be opening tomorrow, Friday 11th of October. For a limited time and as as before, the first 10 students will get a one-to-one coaching session with me. If you are interested in joining my program in becoming a message-led speaker, then go to storyledspeaking.com tomorrow or head over today and get on the waiting list to be notified exactly when the doors open. As I said, I do hope that's helped you to know that It's about your personality. It's about being authentic. It's about doing the prep, knowing your audience. It is not about ums and ahs. It's not ums and ahs that make a great speaker. Otherwise, those TED Talks would not be at the top of the pile. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show and you're not subscribed, then do it. I've got some good shows coming up. Well, good shows, great shows coming up. And if you're a regular listener, do me a solid as they say on the streets. And if you could leave a rating or review on iTunes, I would be dead chuffed because it really helps people find the show and it gives me uh, an opportunity to see what I'm doing right, what I'm doing wrong, what you like, what you don't like. And that's always helpful when I'm sitting in my little box talking to myself each week. Well, that is it. All that is left for me to say is thank you once again for giving me your attention and your time. I really appreciate it. I know there's so many other things that you could be listening to. And if you want to spend it with little old me, that's brilliant. And have a fabulous week. Don't forget to go out, grab your life by the nuts and get cracking. Bye-bye. Hey, if you're listening to this show because you want to start speaking or have a big talk or pitch coming up and you want to make it the best it can be, then you made the right choice because this podcast is the vehicle that can help you get there. But I wanted to tell you about something that will get you there even faster. Something that incorporates all the hacks, tools and tips I've picked up from my years in comedy, theatre, marketing and coaching. And that's my blueprint for creating and delivering a story-led talk that engages, inspires, and converts. And the best bit is that I'll be sharing my blueprint and the mindset hack that will help you overcome public speaking anxiety in a free webinar masterclass. To register, 
go to thespeakingclub.com slash masterclass. This puppy gives you the soup to nuts for creating powerful talks that connect with and engage your audience every time. So grab your place now. That's thespeakingclub.com slash masterclass.